0: Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast with me, Andy Jones. And today I am talking to Adam Shuknikas. Now, you probably recognize his name from an episode we've done with Ace Cafe London, which we recorded at the back of the Alamann TT Grandstand during TT week this year. And through that conversation, I found out that Adam actually owns his own hospitality business, which is called The Cafe Bar, located in Preston, which is in the north of England. Uh, so, we, yeah, we decided that we were going to jump onto the mic again and have a chat around how he runs his business and some of the challenges that they have faced. So we recorded this again at the back of the grandstand, and we touched on a lot of the impact that Brexit has had on his Business. It's a, a Greek restaurant, so they really have a lot of a lot of people from, or they did have a lot of people from Europe looking to work at their business. And obviously, Brexit has cut off that supply of labour, which is the same for a lot of the, the hospitality industry across the UK. Brexit had a big impact, but then the pandemic as well has also had a knock-on with people moving on to new jobs and finding that they they fit their lifestyle better so they aren't returning back to the hospitality industry so we're going to be talking about why Adam sees the cafe bar as being quote unquote owned by the employees that work in it we're also going to touch on the challenges that Brexit as I said of brought to his business but we're also going to look at how adam deals with reviews for the cafe bar and the impact that can have on the people that are involved and work in the businesses so we're going to jump into all this and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors is training new staff members costing you huge amounts of money and only achieving inconsistent results at best Trainual with its easy-to-use platform can significantly reduce your training costs whilst increasing consistency across your entire business through recording and documenting your repeatable tasks all in one place. Visit trainual.com and use promo code CAFEHUSTLE for a 7-day free trial and 10% off your first 12 months. So, Adam, thank you very much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle podcast. I know we've spoken on another episode, which I'll link in the show notes. But we're going to talk about your hospitality business now and what you, how you're involved with the hospitality industry. So, just tell us a bit about you and tell us a bit about your business. Hey,
1: thanks for having me, Andy. Nice talking to you as always. Um, so, my name is Adam Chuknikas. I'm half Greek, half English. Um, And I currently own a restaurant previously owned by my father in the north of England in a city called Preston.
0: So what's the theme around the restaurant?
1: So our our whole ethos is that holiday feeling. I feel we've got something very special in uh, Preston. We have a beautiful courtyard. It's a real sun trap. And um, we are able to create that holiday atmosphere as if you go in Spain, Greece, Croatia, you name it. Anywhere the sun's shining. That's the kind of feel we want you to have at the Café Bar.
0: Yeah, I know you just showed me a video of, of the courtyard there, and it's got a very, certainly has got a very Mediterranean feel, even from the video, you sort of pick up that vibe of, certainly that holiday feeling. It...
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we try very, very hard to recreate the, the same designs, the same colours, the same smells, the same sounds as you would in the continent. So yeah, we're doing quite well. And. Um, people do give us that feedback as, wow, it's like you've been on holiday, it's, it's excellent. You know, we'd say, get away from Preston, come to the cafe bar.
0: I know we start every episode with our mission and purpose of the person that we're chatting to. And I think you really get the feel that that is your mission and your your vision for the place. That,
1: that's the main thing, but ultimately we want to make the customers happy. That That's what I'm, and we are there for. We want to create safe, fun, tasty environment. Um but also it also goes with um, the employees. I, I feel my mission is also to create a safe, nice, fun work environment for them. Yeah.
0: Which is really important because at the end of the day we can't do what we do without having oh, 100%. Happy staff that are safe and people on the audience of the podcast will know that's what I talk about a lot. It's all about Looking after your your staff and your the people that you have employed under mm-hmm. you.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's a huge part of my job. So mainly it's the customers. But if you're not looking after the staff, who the employees who are looking after the customers, you you're going to you're saying yourself to shoot yourself in the foot. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to go anywhere.
0: Now hospitality businesses have been hammered, really, is the last is the word to use That's over the last word, yeah. last two years, but the pandemic, just talk through what happened. How did you experience the, the pandemic when we were told to, to close? We went literally one day to the next.
1: This is months before lockdown, we started feeling the effects um, when people were told to stay home, not go out, but we were still open. Yeah, It was a very difficult, difficult time because of course we still had to, we have a lot of full-time employees that we had to keep on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had to let some of the part-timers go. Um, yeah it was, it was a bit of a struggle it, it was kind of a relief when they actually said shut and then we knew we were going to get help from yeah. elsewhere because my biggest fear was the, um, the employees and uh, how are they going to get their income You know, how are they going to feed their families because a lot of these guys have worked for us 15, 20 to 25 years um, most of the people in the kitchen used to work for my father when he had the restaurant and now they work with me so of course it was a huge a huge sense of responsibility. And yeah. once they closed us down and there was the announcement of the furlough, it was it was almost a relief. It was a, a weight off my shoulders.
0: Yeah. Well I think like it was it actually made me quite mad when that announcement was made, it was like avoid places like restaurants and mm. coffee shops. And you just think, well, certainly it was catastrophic almost. Because from an insurance point of view, nothing could be activated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by just saying like at that point because there was nothing statutory in place that would allow us as hospitality businesses to claim the support certainly from an insurance point of view at that stage on the basis that oh people just didn't turn up to our business
1: yep yeah. loss of earnings you know but it's not it's not for us It's you forget about the profit it's it's all about the employees at that stage we had no customers to, to worry about so it literally was the, the employees how are they going to get through this how are we going to get them through this so yeah it was yeah. We, we, we were lucky with the furlough because i know um other countries they weren't so fortunate you know that we were helped out with grants which helped us with our suppliers because of course we've still got to pay gas we've still got to pay electricity we've still got to pay rent we've still got to pay business rates There were still outgoings and all of a sudden there's nothing coming in yes it was so how did you how did
0: you cope with that is there anything you did in the near term short term that allowed you to cope with that
1: luckily we we are quite a successful restaurant um my um, key to success, I find, in, in most restaurants is location, location, location. It's good price, it's good quality, and it's good service. Now, luckily, we had all these points in place for a few years. So we had enough to keep us going, paying the suppliers, you know, keeping the food coming in. So we were okay. We were all right. Yeah. We had provisions. So, we, we were lucky and more fortunate than other places. Yeah, we, we'd, we'd almost... Um, um, we had how's word to say it? we planned for this yeah we always we had a war chest yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. war chest that's way And to it's say
0: something it. that isn't all it's certainly from a hospitality industry point of view it's not something that always is planned for anything like this is it it's <clears throat> a lot of businesses can be working almost week to week or month to month at least yeah not envisaging something as of, course, as of course because of course yeah
1: and they maybe not so big unfortunately we, we're quite big we have room for 140 people inside another hundred outside so there's more turnover there's more more coming in but the smaller coffee shops
0: you
1: know I, I don't know how I don't know how they did it yeah. before the lockdown before yeah. Boris actually said that's it we're shutting you down yeah it was it was touch and go for a lot of people yeah. and I, I do think of some people they threw the towel in a little bit too early and they had to shut before they were shut down
0: yeah Now, in terms of your outside space you just touched on there, 100 covers is a decent amount. Did that help you when...?
1: So when we reopened, remember, it was only the outdoor eating. Yeah, we were very, very fortunate. Um, We put up a couple of gazebos just in case it was raining. And luckily, we we were fortunate enough to have that space, whereas other places, they weren't. And they weren't even allowed to put tables and chairs outside in in some cases, you know, on the public roads and the public pavements. So we're, we're really, really lucky with our location.
0: Yeah. a lot of a lot of businesses were dealt a bad hand by some of the things certainly some of the the measures and the restrictions that were in place and I think sometimes we find that we don't have certainly from a political point of view the thought process I think it's more the knowledge isn't it of running our type of business on a day-to-day basis and the, the realities of that aren't always thought about from a political point of view. Exactly,
1: yeah, they, these guys don't run restaurants, they, they run the country, it's it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned there your staff, just talk us through what, how did they deal with it? What were they What, what were they telling you? So about?
1: they were all very, very worried. Um, when they made the announcement, we brought everyone in. Prior to this, we'd had meetings, but we didn't know what was gonna happen. Once we actually got told what was gonna happen, we brought everyone in. Um, A lot of our employees are foreigners, some of them don't speak hardly any English, some speak very little English, so it was getting across to them that they were going to be looked after, that they were going to get the 80% of the wage, they weren't going to lose their jobs, we were going to reopen and basically we were going to get through it together. Um, That day I remember, it was just before Mother's Day, so we'd got a huge amount of stocking for Mother's Day. The butcher had been, the seafood man had been, the beer man had been, what to do with all this so we spread it out took everyone in the kitchen and we equally spread it so, okay you're gonna take this we're gonna take this you know we had four pallets of eggs you take that you take this so uh, um, I, I think they knew we were gonna look after them we, yeah. we we pride ourselves on on that We've, we look after our employees like family and ultimately they consider us family so yeah. they knew we were gonna look after them we went into it all together
0: yeah and in terms of that family feeling what do you do to try and Foster that, maintain it.
1: So, first of all, I I work with these boys, you know. I I, I enjoy working in the restaurant still. I consider myself a waiter. I like to be there on a busy Saturday night. Not as a spectator. I get involved, you know. I'm the guy meeting the people on the door. I like to lead by example, you know. I'm not the one cracking the, cracking the whip yes. and saying do this, but I was born in this restaurant. It's in my blood, the cafe bar. As I mentioned, my dad owned it before me, and I used to work there as a 16-year-old. So I know what it's like to work there, and I wanted to create a sort of place where you you don't want to worry about going to work the next day. And I, I worked in Greece for a few years, and I had some bad bosses. You know, when you have a day off and you yeah. think, Christ, I've got to go into work tomorrow. I never want that atmosphere, and I never want the people that work with us to feel like that and you know, i want them to look forward to come to work you know that's you spend more time with these people than you do your families so you've got to get on with them you really do
0: so what how do you work around say if someone needs more time off is it something that are you very flexible with
1: yeah exactly i mean we've got a fella now he's um just had a baby um, and we're trying to help out as much as possible you know it just said you know, you can rely on me this is not your pizza express this is it's our restaurant we can do what we want you know um, obviously the holidays start in april don't they holiday pay this this lad had his baby the second week in april so there's no holidays there but I've, i'm paying him his holiday in advance yeah. you know because i i know that he's he's going to stay there once his uh missus and the baby are, are in a comfortable position where he can come back to work yeah. so he's only got two weeks paternity that's that, that's ridiculous for me so i said absolutely not you take your two weeks paternity and then you have another six weeks off on me Wow. Yeah, so, but that's not just for one person. We like to do that for everyone.
0: And how do they respond to that approach then? Because it's very different that to certainly the majority of not just hospitality, but other industries. How do they, what do you see in return? Do you see a benefit to the business going forward? I
1: see the smiles on the customers' faces. And this lad again, I'm talking about, Martin, he's a great lad. And the customers um, were bringing him in presents. So the lad's still off and behind they're upstairs in of my office now, he's got bags and boxes from all the customers that are coming in and giving gifts for his baby. I think there's no way they're gonna do that unless he's given him that yeah. top class service, you know, greeting him with a smile. He knows everyone with a, on a first name basis. That doesn't come if you're not looked after, if you don't enjoy your job, you know, you just go, you, you do your job, you get paid and you go home. These guys don't, they yeah. give that little bit extra.
0: Yeah, and it's really important from a customer experience point of view that, isn't it? Because again, like you said at the start, they're the people that are interacting with your customers and they're the ones that are given that experience really. And like you say, if they've obviously very clearly had an effect on your customers for them to, to be bringing gifts in as well.
1: Exactly, people come back for the for the, the guys that are working there, not just the place itself, but um, we have a fantastic Glad there, Adoni, he's been working with me now for 10 years. He came with me from Greece. And he's all singing and dancing. He's all singing and dancing. Most people think he's the owner. You know, there'll be Saturday nights when people come in and say, Table for four. So, have you booked? We're fully booked tonight. And say, It's okay, Donnie knows us. So, I have to straight away, take a step back. Adonis, oh, hello, my friends. So, we have a little trick up our sleeves. We always keep four tables free. So, no matter how full we are, there's them four tables, we never let them book out. Because we have a lot of regulars that expect that service. You know yeah, and they've come to, to appreciate it as well. There's not many places where you're made to feel, oh wow, they're, they're fully booked, yeah. but they'll get me a table. You know, we, we go above and beyond, we, we, yeah. we really do.
0: So how many staff have you got at the minute?
1: So currently we employ 25 people, and it's, that, that's the summer now, kicking yeah. in. Um, in winter, it'll go down to about 20. But we do keep the full timers all year. Yeah. I don't see a, a, a day doesn't make the week. You, a week yeah, doesn't we make a month. A month, a month doesn't make the, the, it's yeah, the. It's the whole know, year all together. So up, well. uh, most it's of the, the employees up, up, we have, we pay them on a yearly a basis. So it's, we just take look at it the whole year.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's so, right. in terms of managing, certainly schedules and bits and pieces like that, what do you, how do you go about doing that?
1: So back in the day um, when I was learning. Um, to become more of a manager more of an owner and get out of that waiter uh, frame of mind was quite difficult, you know, to, to juggle all this.
0: But um, I've been very
1: fortunate to have a fantastic friend and general manager. Um, his name is Mateusz Nowacki, he's a Polish lad. He used to be a helper for me in Greece. And we've worked with him over the last nine years and developed him and he's doing most of that now. He's taken over and it's, I mentioned to you the other day about the micromanaging aspect. I've had to take a step back and let him take charge of these things, you know? And you've got to let them make mistakes. You've got to let them realize on a Saturday night, oh no, I've I've not got enough people working or on a Sunday, I've got too many. And yeah, he's doing quite well. It was difficult to let go. Yeah. And let someone else start doing the rotors and let someone else start doing the ordering. But you, you really have to. Yeah. There's so many moving parts in a restaurant. Sorry, always... And if you concentrate yeah. in one area too much, you, you miss out on other places. And I like to be looking at the customers. That's where I like to be focused.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's great that I can hand over the reins to someone else and let them do that. So I'm currently here at the TT. It's probably one of the busiest weekends we're ever going to have.
0: Yeah, Jubilee weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm
1: here. And I'm here. A couple of years ago, I wouldn't have done that. And there was no way I could have done that if it wasn't for my guys in Preston. The employees, they they are doing a fantastic job and I trust them 100%. I don't look at the orders they make. I haven't looked at the rotor. I don't know who's working. I'm just trusting them.
0: You've got the people there that you know will do what's needed to be done.
1: For all intents and purposes, it's their restaurant. It's their restaurant. They're getting paid out of it. I'm getting paid as well, but we're all eating out of that restaurant. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat, and we all have the same goal.
0: So, in terms of you touched on mistakes there, how do you deal with that? And because yes, you've got to let them make mistakes, but at what point is
1: so if it's going to affect if it's going to affect the customers, if it's going to affect the service, uh, the quality of the food, so the quality of the service, and ultimately land us in a, a bad review situation, then I will step in. So. I you know how it is in a restaurant it, on the surface it's all calm, fluid, lovely but behind the scenes it's pandemonium it's and that's where I am. Yeah. I'm behind the scenes. I'm pulling a little bit there, pushing a little bit there. Basically let, taking all the good points I've learned from my mentors and all the good bosses I had, but also the bad bosses. Still got them in my mind as well. And uh, every day is different, every day is different. You might have a situation where it's a big mistake, but you've got to stay calm. I don't want to become that boss I remember in 2010, you know, used to yell all the time. You don't want to be like that. Um, You don't want to leave your guys upset either. You don't want to upset them. It's a job at the end of the day. It's a job at the end of the day. And you can't take it too personally. There was years when I took it very personally in the beginning, but you've got to
0: let go. the investment both emotionally and financially that we make into these types of businesses it's mm. it's an, a massive increase in pressure and it's very difficult to not we have responsibility as owners but our staff members don't they shouldn't carry that responsibility exactly. they need to understand exactly, don't they? Yeah. they need to understand what the implications are mm-hmm. but at the same time it's our burden to bear yeah. as yeah. we're the ones that take the risk and understand that the responsibilities on us mm-hmm. and you're right i think it, it allows like certainly when you come to delegating and, and stepping back and empowering your staff it's a big step for us as owners mm. because we're essentially giving an element of that responsibility to someone else how did you manage that process
1: so you'd think it was your spot, your reputation on the line but again I'm, I'm lucky that it's not my reputation alone um there's probably several of us there you know that i could mention that, we do feel it's our place so when these guys go out uh, walking through the high street of preston people are stopping one street and um, the postman stops and gives the waiter a kiss on each cheek you know so it's, it they pride themselves and they don't want to have bad reviews either it reflects badly on them so i'm, I'm very lucky I'm, I'm, I'm extremely lucky that i'm in that position because there are places where yeah the staff don't care you know the bad reviews coming in doesn't matter they're doing it for the paycheck but my guys they really aren't um they're doing it for themselves. Yeah. They, um, we had a good review a couple of weeks ago, and I sent it to everyone. You know, I, I wish I could give them all a pat on the back. And I was so, so proud of them. I really was. And they started sharing it too. They started sending it to their families. You know, it's it's them that did it. Yeah. It was a busy bank holiday weekend. I actually helped out in the bar that day. I was doing the glasses, helping out where I could. And it was just one of them um, proud achieving moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, I think. And that certainly adds to the respect you get from the team as well. You're in the trenches with them. When, when you're in the weeds, everyone's in the weeds together. And it is chaos and it can be very... It's controlled chaos, isn't it? It's never, Controlled chaos, yeah. As long as it looks controlled on the chaos. outside like it yeah. isn't, we're doing our job right really.
1: Yeah, exactly. The customers don't need to know what we go through. I and mean, it's the tip of the iceberg. So they see what goes on in the front. The food comes out ready, prepared the waiter's already happy, you know, they don't see what goes on. Um, also with training, you know, to get these, to get the, the part-timers to a level where they're yeah. on the same level as us and they treat the place the same way. So it's weeding out the good ones, weeding out the bad ones, you know, you, you may, for every five people you have, you might have one good one. Um, I don't like employing people for a couple of months or a couple of years. I'd much rather employ people for a long term, you know, five years, ten years.
0: Yeah. Well, let's touch on staff and then, obviously, we as a hospitality industry and it's not just hospitality is it we're hearing stories from various different sectors across the business world but how are you dealing with the the, the shortage of staff
1: yeah everyone's struggling at the minute um i know the ace in london struggling i was talking to Connor cummings here on the island he's struggling with staff too it's um It's the new thing after coronavirus. We reopened and there's no staff anymore. I personally think a lot is that um, with my restaurant and uh, the type of people we employ, it's Brexit. We used to have an endless stream of people from the continent wanting to come to England and work, and now we don't have that anymore. We also lost the feud. So once Brexit happened, a lot of people, they left, they went home. And you know in the italian sort of style restaurant you expect an italian waiter yeah. or a greek waiter especially in a mediterranean restaurant now it's it's changed it's it's difficult and set in some cases we have to make do with what we've got and that that's affected business that's affected business
0: so how are you now planning on dealing with that going forward
1: so we're quite fortunate in preston where we have a, so it's a student town we have a big university and there's um, a big Indian community, Indian community. So the Indians I can employ because they're students. And um, they've got the same sort of work ethos uh, uh, as us. They we've really get on well with them. They're always happy, they're always smiling. So we've been fortunate that I, I have got that resource as well. If we hadn't got that, honestly, I don't know. Um, when we reopened after lockdown, um, my wife uh, was very heavily pregnant and I was back doing the 80-plus hours a week. I was doing it all myself, and I didn't see an end in sight. Yeah. So luckily, we employed our first Indian fella, an Indian student, and he brought his friends, and it, it worked. But if we didn't have them... Andy, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah. We'd be doing it ourselves. Yeah. There has been there was days when I called in my mum. Mum, I need someone. Come in. Grandad, come in. My granddad was coming in and helping me put glasses in the dishwasher, you know, and I thought, can't carry on like yeah. this. And I didn't see... Uh, an end and I've got no solution in the past I used to be able to message people I've worked with before in Finland uh, anywhere in the world I could have brought them over anywhere in Europe now I've not got that option
0: it does really cut us off and I think the pandemic has only added to that issue we've had yeah I think it's a huge number of people have been taken out of the workforce by Brexit but then I think hospitality workers have been in a position where they had to find other work They've maybe found work that they can do Monday uh, to Friday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't five. come they have back. Their weekends, they have their evenings, yeah. and they're not coming back. I think there's now. I think we need to have a push as an industry to change how we, as businesses, interact with our employees from that point of view, and see if there's ways around making it a bit more of a balance for them and attracting them back. The I, the I'd
1: forgotten about, about that. You know. Um, that a lot of people they did get jobs i remember two or three blokes now they went to work um uh, fruit picking or uh, the delivery drivers and yeah they realized wow i don't have to work weekends yeah. i don't have to work christmas i don't have to work bank holidays yeah. i forgot all about that yeah so you're right we we do need to spruce up the uh, catering industry a bit and one way i think is wrong it's it's called not calling it skilled labor so in my opinion a chef it's a bloody skilled labour you know he's had to even if he's not studied he's learned he's got the experience in the kitchens growing up and for me that's a skilled job same as a waiter the guy making the cocktails behind the bar it's all skilled so when you say that that's not skilled straight away you know it's it's the meaning in a way it's yeah. the meaning
0: it is and i think the way we portray it generally i, I had a chat with uh, Lydia Snape, she's from uh, Warwick Street Kitchen in Birmingham, but she actually said industry leaders now need to change their narrative. We're now in a case where they say, you oh, know, hospitality, it's awful, and we need to be now saying, it's not awful, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great... because it is a great place to work. Mm-hmm. You think the amount of people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis and the characters that you get to, to speak to and learn about their lives... Yes. It's an amazing place to be, and the more we can do that, to portray it like that, the better it is going to be for all of us. Exactly, it's the other
1: side of the bar, the other side of the bar, as I say. So I'd much prefer being on this side of the bar, you know, where where all the action happens and you get to see all the smiley faces. But no, but you're absolutely right that something needs to be done to, um, I don't know, inject some uh, glamour back into it. You know, I remember the my mentors were all proud men. You know, cut their fingernails before every shift. They'd have the bottle opener. They'd have the pen. Everything was ready. And I remember turning up to work and I said, "Do you have your pen? Yeah. Do you have your bottle opener? Yeah. Let me check your nails." You know, that, that that's gone. Nick. Yeah. That's gone. I, I, I don't see that coming back, Andy. Mm. I don't see that coming back. It literally is a dying trade. Yeah. And the last of the the great waiters and the last of the not so much the chefs, but the, the front of the house sides. Yeah, it's it's a dying culture. It's a dying thing.
0: But do you think it's something we could potentially bring back? Maybe even if it's just in our own businesses?
1: If there was a way to... I don't know what to answer that one. Um...
0: Could you, do you think you could develop your, your staff in a way Okay, to... I,
1: I, I like to make training into a fun way. When, when I'm teaching someone at the restaurant, I like to explain why we do this, why we do that. And um, maybe if someone gets that one-to-one interaction or that proper training and they have the pride, the sense of pride afterwards, then maybe yeah, more people would be appealed to it. But at the minute people just see it as a bit of money while they're waiting for something else or they're studying, they'll go and work in a restaurant. When it shouldn't be that, you know? Um, also, you know, when I go to a restaurant, the people handling my food, I like them to be professionals too, you know? especially in the kitchen yeah, because you've you literally got people's lives in your hands so
0: yeah but like you said I think having that pride in the job and, and the extent that it comes to it comes from that purpose that they that those, those people have themselves isn't it they're not just say oh it's a stopgap and which a lot of people that's hospitality fills that void in terms yeah. of the workforce yeah. but it's having those people that are so passionate that they their appearance, everything is top notch. Mm-hmm. Again, comes back to the customer experience again, exactly. it all adds to that. Yeah. And they want to be in, in a position of mm-hmm. providing that. Mm-hmm. And certainly when you say about skilled labor, that's really, you imagine just bringing anyone off the street to do the jobs that anyone from, if it's just a server on the tail or someone who's bussing food out from, from the kitchen out, There's skills and experience that come together to make those people exactly competent in their jobs. You couldn't just bring anyone in to do it. Exactly. I mean, I
1: suppose anyone could serve a pizza, take it off the pass and put it on a table, but to do it with style, to do it with a smile on your face, it's it's a different story. And to do that, you've got to want to do it. Um, I've gone into restaurants where I I can see that the waiter doesn't want to be there. You can see the chef doesn't want to be there, and straight away it's a negative attitude. I don't eat out very much because yeah. of that you know in europe I and mean, back in greece i'm out every night because yeah. you have them people that they love it it's their job uh, But this, here yes yeah, it's, it's a real shame and say, again i'm so fortunate that i've still got that feel at my restaurant at our restaurant
0: yeah, yeah. now inflation let's touch on that because that's a real issue at the minute isn't it we not only are we short on staff and the issues that the pandemic's caused which may well come into this, but costs are going up across the board. How are you guys adapting to that?
1: So we just brought out um, our new menu. So we've just finished with a COVID menu. Originally it was a COVID menu because we were struggling to get deliveries. And then it became an issue of, well, we, our suppliers couldn't Hi. even get the products we, we required. Um, a lot of that's Brexit, uh, a lot of it's on the war, Uh, the war in ukraine you know it's affected the oil prices (laughs) so we brought out the menu the right time and the wrong time so we had a difficult question should we put the prices up now or should we put the prices up later so for the time being we've absorbed the increase it's been a um, huge huge increase you know uh, Um, gas and uh, electricity the the food rising it's all Uh, too fast
0: it's all too fast yes you could almost be in a position where you're in you're increasing your prices to match. We haven't done that week, yet. We haven't
1: done that yet, and we've been really trying not to. But yeah. it's come to the point where we have to, yeah. because what we're bringing in and what we're spending, yeah, you know, you do the math, and it's yeah. it's not working. You know, you get that from the accountant. You know, she's yeah. like, oh, "What's going on?"
0: <laughs> but the margins put are so tight up. in our game, aren't they? And not it's not like we have huge margins, like as a as a business as a whole. Yes, individual. Menu items might have big margins, but across the board, when you look at the business, at the end of the day, we're talking ten percent profit margins, even in a good place. And if you factor in these price increases from your cost of goods side, mm-hmm. it can very easily eat into that. Very. Cool.
1: <laughs> so, in the past, in the cafe, we're all about food, and you know that the margins with the foods are not they're not great. Whereas they're better on drinks. So. We've actually started pushing the drinks more now and the cocktails more at the restaurant. In the past, we wouldn't let people in without a meal. You know, we don't want people coming and turning into a beer garden. It's a restaurant. It's a special uh, atmosphere. And I really wanted to hang on to that. But as of this summer, we've allowed drinkers in. So they can come in, they can have a cocktail or two cocktails or three cocktails and don't have to have any food. And you actually need less staff, less resources, and you make more money yeah. that way. So, unfortunately, we're dropping down on the food a bit because we have to chase that buck yeah. at the end of the day. And we does, have to make things does pay. Does that
0: have an impact on your customers, your yeah. regulars? Yeah, that would come absolutely,
1: in? absolutely. Because, you know, on a hot summer's day in Preston, you have three or four tables having a drink, and straight away it changes that atmosphere. You know, um, you walk in there with your family and you see three or four tables having a great time. Don't get me wrong, it's awesome, it's fantastic. But we're a kid friendly restaurant, yeah. you know. Um, my nephews and nieces come to the restaurant, my child comes to the restaurant, and I'm worried about it changing, I'm worried about it changing, but I have to, we have to, because ultimately, we have to pay, we've got all them outgoings, and there's nothing coming in really, with the the price increase as well, so we have to start focusing on drinks more.
0: Yeah, it's something I say to a lot of people, and because things are changing so fast at the minute, we have to be prepared to change with them, and, and whether that means we, go away slightly from what our core offer is or you know the atmosphere, like you say. The important thing is that that business survives in the first instance, because without that, the regulars won't have anywhere to go. But two, if that is allowing your staff to keep feeding their families, because that's another thing Exactly, we have to remember. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's not, not just only the, us it's just employees; it's also yeah. their
1: families too. They've got children too that rely on you. Ultimately, yeah. it's, it's a huge responsibility. It is. It's a it's a big burden to bear. But... Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you've just done a refurb.
1: Yeah, we have. We closed time. for two weeks. Two weeks in January. Uh, it was a hundred thousand pound refurb. We knocked down the front wall and we put in big bi-fold doors. We put um, fans inside the restaurant because I think this could be a thing of the future. Pandemics, so we want to make the place open and breathe more. Uh, new equipment in the kitchen, upgrading everything, safer. You know, things wear and tear. You need to spruce up the place. We like to do that every five years, but this this was a big one. This yeah. was a big one. Yeah. Now,
0: what were some of the learning points from that process? Were there anything that you would do differently
1: with, with the refurb? Yeah,
0: in terms of whether that's with contractors or.
1: Well, we did it all ourselves. Yeah. So um, when we closed on New Year's Day, um, the guys that worked with us they knew they could either take their holidays or they become builders for the next yeah. two weeks. <laughs> and you know, some of them that have their families and they've been working hard all Christmas, they chose to take their holidays yeah. then. Their two weeks holiday, uh, and the other guys became builders. So we were knocking down walls, we were painting walls, we were grafting, grafting. Yeah. But, but the, the reality is, is that
0: it, you can you can save a lot of money by doing that and it's great that your staff are prepared to do that certainly with our cafe it was me my dad my mom it's basically just drag all the family in steph included and we all muscled in to do the refurb and we completely refurbed our whole cafe i think it cost us it wasn't a huge space I and mean, we had 50 covers but it was essentially we did it for less than five thousand pounds and Imagine In if you've the other way around. To go out. But that's us from an entrepreneurial point of view. You've got to think like that. You have to think, how can we do this? How can we be resourceful enough to actually bring the end product division to life without actually having the money to realistically do it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it, it, we were very, it was great as well that the staff wanted to come to work. Um, and they still got paid at the end of the day. Everyone's still getting paid.
0: Yep. So, you mentioned reviews before, and, and obviously it's great when we get good reviews, but how do you deal with less good ones, or so bad reviews, if, if there is any? How do you deal with them? Nice.
1: I I stopped reading reviews, good or bad, about um, uh, seven years ago. Um, back when I took over the restaurant, you know, I was um, more, I don't know what's the word, I wanted to be in control of everything, I wanted to know what was going on in the restaurant, so I'd read every single review. And unfortunately, and it, it took me to a very dark place. It um, actually made me quite sick. Um, I don't, I won't go too much into it. But yeah, I don't think some people realise the the effect it has. Uh, forget about the ratings, but a bad review on a, on a privately run restaurant when you know you're trying your hard out, and you're doing your best, you know your team are doing the best, and you get that review, it, it takes the wind out your sails. So. I made a, uh, a decision: me, my family, my my then yeah. girlfriend, my now wife, to stop reading reviews. And up to a couple of weeks ago, until I was just bombarded with tags about this review, I, I haven't read a
0: single review, yeah. good or bad. Do, does that extend beyond, so say, TripAdvisor or the Google ones? What about on your Facebook? Does that? Because it's obviously a bit more. It's Facebook's a more bit engaged. That's our page, it's a
1: bit and uh, I. It, you almost consider it rude not to reply, yeah. but I don't. So we have a guy. It was the, the guy just had the baby, Martin. He, he handles all that. He's very, very good. And um, I, I, the only thing I tell him is, I say, try and make him happy. Yeah. Try and rectify it.
0: Yeah.
1: Ideally, fix it in the restaurant before it becomes a problem. You know. So before they leave the door, you fix that problem. They'll have no reason to give a bad review. Nine times out of ten, that happens. But at that odd time, they will leave dissatisfied. You will get the bad review. I used to have employees back in the past they used to screenshot them and send them to me even you know and I'm like well, why are you doing this and now they're actually told the, the managers tell them say you know the boss doesn't read the reviews so don't ever send it to him good or bad yeah. good or bad I think
0: that they serve a purpose in that and certainly when they're genuine because I think there's a lot of interviews out or sorry a lot of reviews out there that can be either very one-sided don't actually reflect the true situation which is something I've experienced in the past and it's It's getting that balance between calling that out as well because there's a reputational element, isn't it? But at the same time, and I completely understand where you're coming from because it's the same with me, it can really pull you down when you see, no one realises how hard we're we're working every week. And no matter as, as, yes, there's some owners who are completely detached from their business, but the majority of business owners out there in the hospitality space are involved and are working so hard on their businesses day in, day out, whether that's operationally or on the company or the business generally. It's not like we're sitting back and just reaping.
1: Exactly, you know, we're not just sitting back and, and counting the money. Yeah, it's and, not and like that, that at all. those
0: reviews c- can be tough, but they can be very useful as well if- It's it a gives, learning, you, yeah. yes,
1: exactly. And we do use the ones from Facebook. I'm I, Again, I've taken a step back from that. Um, I'm very fortunate. My brother's working with us now in the kitchen and he takes that off me because I'm quite sensitive, you know, I've come from a rugby background, so I pride myself on rough and ready, but when it comes to something that you work so hard for and you know that, the guys have worked hard for too, and it's out of your control. You know, it's, it affects you differently. It yeah. really does, and you become sensitive. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, this review I got sent a couple of weeks ago. When I read it, I was so scared, so scared. Starting off, and I'm reading it, reading it, and I got to one paragraph. I showed you just before we started talking, and the the food critic wrote, "I walk in, and everybody is bloody smiling. You know, what's going on?" And that for me was just amazing, and I, I kind of think. wow I wouldn't mind reading more yeah. good reviews, you know, but.
0: It's always nice to get that sort of, that bit feedback. Of recognition. And it shows that shows yeah. that what you're doing is worth oh, it. was wonderful,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, everyone started sharing it, sending it to everyone. It, it was great, it really was, yeah. it really was. But I don't it's think exciting. I'll ever go back to checking TripAdvisor out one service so often yeah. and making sure everything's okay. I'm going to leave that for other people yeah. that they have maybe less to deal with. Because when yeah. you've got everything to deal with, yeah. that, you know, it's just the nail in Makes the coffin. Sense stress is a killer yeah i've only i'm turning 40 this year i don't want to have a heart attack <laughs> you know i want to live for a long time so
0: yeah but again mental health in, in our line of work is, is something that's coming to the fore now mm-hmm. and the conversation certainly i have a lot of conversations around what we're doing as an industry around mental health and it's it's becoming more of an acceptable subject to talk about and Thank goodness, yeah. for for owners as well because i think a lot of people certainly who have never owned a business. Just think, oh, yeah, they're taking everything that goes through the tail, and, you know, not realising the actual, the balancing act that we have to go through exactly, yeah. to keep the business afloat. And and even then, what is left for us as owners that we take as a salary or as a dividend is not a huge amount of money. It,
1: when you consider that you're on literally on a knife edge, you're on a tightrope, yeah. anything that goes wrong in that restaurant, you know, I, I've been in the restaurant before when someone's fallen off the chair. Oh my god yeah. i'm gonna get sued and this and that and you straight away you've got that on your shoulders yeah. it's so much so much but if it was easy i guess everyone would do it yeah. you know and um i think it's a testament to my family business that we're doing something right that we can go through all that stress and the customers are still bloody smiling yeah. and the staff are still bloody smiling you know so
0: yeah, yeah. If no, it is, my, it's,
1: maybe it's worth all the stress. Who knows? You know. Well,
0: when you get those sort of reviews, like certainly from my point of view, and the day to day, and this is where I always got the pleasure and the 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 purpose of running, obviously, seeing the smiling faces in the restaurant or in the cafe every single day, and That's seeing amazing. that that experience as that your you've, your vision. Of that experience is actually living itself out in front of you, so that's certainly, like you say, that's when it makes it all worthwhile. That's when
1: it all worthwhile, and you're like, you know what, beats working in a post office, (laughs) beats the old nine to five, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way, actually. You know, born and bred in catering, always will be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Listen, thank you so much for opening up about the things that you've gone through in your business, and it's really, it's really nice to see. And again, it's another viewpoint on how people are running their business. And thank you for your time. Oh,
1: thanks for talking to me, Andy. Cheers. Exactly. Nice to meet you, mate.